Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. Okay, Baruch Hashem. Today we're starting a new Masech, the Masech is Kedushin. And we begin with Daf Beis. Just a brief introduction before we start. So we know there's Sukkim in the Torah that tell us about the means of marriage and divorce, as we mentioned in the last Masechta. But now we're going to focus in on marriage. Now in Jewish marriage, there are two steps in creating a proper union between man and wife. We have the first step, which is going to be called in this Masechta Kiddushin, as the Masechta is called. Also referred to as Erisin, we'll see in the Masechta, we'll refer to it that multiple times as well. And then we have the second stage, which is called Nesuin. Now, the effects of these two steps is quite different. Kedushin makes a woman prohibited to all men in the world, including her husband. She's still prohibited to him. But what it does essentially is it sets her aside from everyone else that she was previously permitted to marry. Now she's in Ashish Ish. But it doesn't create any sorts of uh, benefits in either direction between the man and the woman, and the woman to the man, because they're not actually allowed to be intimate yet. There's no chiv of maisiyadayim, of income, any, any, any support. It doesn't exist really yet in a significant way. But after Nesuin, which is the second stage, that's when all of those responsibilities really kick in, just in a general sense. Now, based on that, when a man does today, really, it used to be back in the day that Kedushin would be done, uh, and then 12 months later, they would consummate with Nesuin. Today, we do both in the same day, and uh, traditionally, our Kedushin is done with a ring. That's the Shove Pruta. It's the Shove Kesef that we give, equivalence of value. And the Nesuin is the Chuppah or the Yichud room. It's the seclusion together that symbolizes the consummation of the marriage. Okay. Now, our Mishnah here focuses on those specific acquisitions as well as in terms of Yibum. We'll just briefly touch on that as well as it's related. That's going to be the first section. The second section of the day is going to be a discussion of these languages the Mishnah uses, which is Niknis, as well as the language of Shalosh, which is female, versus Shlosha, which is male. And then the third section of the day is going to discuss the word Derech, which we'll see there's a linguistic distinction between the word drachim and devarim, even though it's a very similar uh, connotation. So let's see. Says the Mishnah, A woman is acquired in three ways to her husband regarding marriage. In three ways. And she acquires herself in two ways, meaning to be separated from her husband to break the bonds of marriage. She is acquired with money. So Rashi says, you would give her a pruta, according to Beis Hillel, or shava pruta, and say to her, you are married to me. Or regarding document, which Rashi says is, you would give her a document, it doesn't even have to be worth a shava pruta, as long as it says in the document, it would also be effective. That's also acceptable. And uvabia, or with relations. Now these relations are very interesting, as he has relations with her. And then he says, as Rashi says, you'll be married to me through this intimacy. I mean, the intimacy itself is the form of Kenyan in the third way, as mentioned in the Mishnah. 
Okay. Now again, this only creates the Kedushin. The soon we're not discussing yet. Now, the Gemara Mishnah notes that there is a debate between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel regarding Kesef. So, Bekesef, regarding money, that acquisition of money, Beis Shammai, Amr says that it has to be a dinar, which is a larger silver coin, or the equivalent of the value of a dinar. It has to be a significantly more expensive transaction, as we'll see in the Gemara what the reasonings of Beis Shammai are. Uvisil says it could be significantly cheaper. It could be a pruta, which is the smallest copper coin, or the equivalent of its value, which is a very small amount of money. So the Mishnah wants to tell us, well, how much is a pruta? So Vikamahi Pruta, how much is this tiny coin's value? It's one eighth of an Italian Isser. Apparently this was a commonly used coin, and it was made out of silver, so one eighth of that, which was the pruta which was made out of copper, that was the amount that Beisola would require for Kedushin. Okay. Says the Mishnah, In terms of her going free from marriage, she acquires her freedom from it, beget, either with get, with the divorce document as we discussed in the last Masechta, or with the death of the husband. Again, as the Pesukim lay these out, these are ways that a woman can leave a marriage and then she's free on her own. She can marry whomever she wants, etc. Okay, let's move on. The Mishnah now continues on with the Yavama. We remember from Masechus Yavamos that there is a halacha if a woman is married to a man and the man passes away without children and <coughs> there is a brother involved over here of that man, he has the opportunity to do Yivam or Chalitza. So the Mishnah here tells us, HaYavama Niknes Bebiya, Yavama is acquired to the Yavam, to the brother-in-law, through Bia, through intimacy. Now Rashi points out over here, it's true that Mimer is another way that she can be acquired to the Yavam. But Mimer, as, as Rashi explains, which is utilizing money or shtar by the Yavam to acquire the woman, this Yavama, this sister-in-law, is only effective on a rabbinic level. It's not effective on a Daraisa level. And on the rabbinic level, all it does is it prohibits her on the other brothers. But on a Daraisa level, to acquire her as his wife through Yibum, it would have to be using the means of Bia. The Kone Asatzman, she acquires her own freedom, either if the Yavam decides to do Chalitza and send her away, which is the procedure we laid out in Mesachas Yavamas. She spits, removes a shoe, etc. Or with Misa Sayavam, if the Yavam, the brother-in-law, passes away, that also makes her go free and she's allowed to marry whoever she wants. Let's move on now to the second section and start the Gemara. The Gemara tells us like this. The Mishnah's language is Aisha, Niknis, Beshalosh, Drachen. So we're going to focus in on these words now, Niknis and Shalosh. So now the Gemara says like this, Aisha, Niknis, Aisha, Niknis. The Mishnah tells us a woman is acquired in three ways. Asks the Gemara, Why is it in the first parak it starts off, a woman is acquired using the word Niknis, like the word Kenyan of acquisition, which is the general terminology of acquiring things, which is also utilized for acquiring movables, land, and slaves, which we're going to discuss later in the same parak. And what's the difference then in the second chapter? It says, Ha'ish that a man can marry. I mean, that's really what it's referring to over there. In the second chapter, it starts off, Ha'ish a man can marry a woman. Through, his, through himself or through a messenger. So the Gemara says, what's the reason over here? As Rashi explains, the Shaila really is, the more appropriate terminology, if you're focusing on marriage, use the particular language that's designated for marriage. So why is it that it uses here the word Kenyan, Niknis, if it could use the same terminology like the second parak? So answers the Gemara, Mishum the Kaboy, Lemisni Kesef. 
it teaches the word nikness over here because one of the three ways to create marriage in our Mishnah is through kesef. <clears throat> the kesef inale. And where do we know that kesef, using money, it's effective to create a marriage? Because gomer kicha kicha misteyefron. This is not really the main sugya discussing the source for this. It'll be later on daf gimel and daf dalid. It's just quoting it here to show again why it used the word kinyan in our Mishnah. So we have a gezer shava that shows us the source for this, which is kicha kicha misteyefron. It says the word kicha in relation to marriage, which we'll see in a moment. And it also says kicha in regards to Avram purchasing a field from Ephron. Why? So the Gemara says like this. It says here regarding uh, marriage, when it talks about a man marrying a woman, when a man will take a woman. This is regarding marriage. Regarding Avram purchasing the fields from Ephron for burying Sarah in Chai Sarah, it says, I've given you money for the field. Take it from me. So we find that the word kicha is associated with marriage. We also find it's associated with the purchase of the field from Ephron. And therefore we made a Shava, just as over there he utilized money, kesef asada kachmimeni. So to over here for Kiddushin, kesef is an effective form of transaction. So the Gemara says, what's the point? The kicha ikri kinyin. And the kicha that's explained over there in purchasing the field, it's utilizing also a language of kinyin. The chsev, as it says in Chayisara, hasada shrekana avram, the field that Avraham was kana, was purchased. Turning to Bezimud Bez, inami, an alternative source that we find the word kinyin is associated with purchasing fields with money. As it says, sadas bakesef yiknu, in Yirmiya it says, fields shall be acquired with kesef. So therefore, tanya isha niknis. So what the Gemara says is, since one of the ways of marrying a woman on a mission is kesef, and the source for that is from stay Ephron, which is purchased with money, which is through the Zereshav of Kicha Kicha. And the word utilized in forming the in, in calling the transaction of purchasing the money of the, the, the field with money by Avram between Avram and Ephron is Kenyan. So therefore the appropriate terminology for marriage too is the word. Kenyan. And actually, that's the conclusion, which is on a derisive level, the appropriate terminology to refer to marriage is Kenyan. Although it also is the general terminology for general acquisitions for other items too, it's also the appropriate terminology for marriage. Asks the Gemara of Okay, so if it's such an important and uh, integral terminology, so use that same language over there in the second parak. Why is it over, say over there the Lushan of uh, Mikadesh? Where answers may karatani lishna dairaisa. First, we use the language of the Torah, which is Kenyan, Nikness, in the first parak. And in the second parak, Tani Lishna Drabanan, we use the language of the rabbis that they instituted, which is Mikadish, Kedushin. Asks the Gemara a very important question. Well, what is the Pshat in the language Drabanan? See, this language of Mikadish, although we use it all the time, really it sounds like Hekdish. So why is that the terminology associated with marriage? So the Gemara answers is that the reason they establish this language is that it connotes a similar relationship like Hektish, that he prohibits her on all other people like Hektish. Meaning when he gives Kedushin to her, like we said before, she's actually not mutter to him yet, but all it does is, just as Hektish is prohibited to everything or everyone besides Hashem, it's de designated to Hashem, so to over here, she's designated to be his wife, eventually after Nesuin, which will uh, be, with, but prohibited to everyone else through this Misa of Kedushin. Go ahead, yeah. So on a very pragmatic level, back in the day, 
The reason it was two steps was that Kiddushin gave her time after Kiddushin till Nesuin to prepare herself and all the finances, etc., for marriage. So there was a pragmatic reason for it. But, but Midaraisa, there are two steps, meaning the Torah requires these two steps. Yeah. The pragmatic reason is just to... No, no, no. I'm just saying, on, on a pragmatic reason is that, but, 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 meaning there are the two steps that are necessary in order to have the proper union between man and woman. I hear that I'm not sure. It's a good question. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, what maybe if we would analyze the psukim as to why that would be necessary? I'm not sure. It's a very interesting question. Maybe what we can learn from that. That's a good question. I'm not sure. It's a good question. I mean, uh, we don't do it, but it's done. No, certainly we do it. We do it. It's I done know, together. We don't right? do it at different times. Right. I mean, we do it. So if the reason time. was to, to separate, mean, right? Ch- Chasidim have, right. um, you know, Tanoim. A month before, yeah. month, 11 months month before. But Tanoim is not Kiddusha. It's not Kiddusha. No. Not Kiddusha. I don't think so. No, yeah, no, no. It, it creates maybe certain financial responsibilities. No, I, condition, yeah. I don't think so. I think it's only financial dedications each side, I think so. Uh-huh. Asks the Gemara Kiddushin later. The Kiddushin is giving the ring and saying, Asks the Gemara, okay, beautiful. So you've explained to me why it says here, Niknis, is Daraisa. Second parakel says Mikadesh because that's the language Rabbanan. Fine. Now the question's like this. In our Mishnah, we said, Aisha Niknis, a woman is acquired. Now, that's a backhanded or roundabout way of saying a man acquires a woman because really the man is the player. So the question now becomes, Venisni Hacha Haish Kona. You want to use the word Kenyan, I understand. But why doesn't our Mishnah say Ha'ish Kona, a man acquires a woman? That would be the more direct way of saying it in our Mishnah. So the answer is, Mishum the Kaboy Mishnah Seifa Vekoyna Esatma Bedida. Since in the end of the Mishnah we wanted to say she acquires her freedom, referring to divorce or the death of her husband, so Tananami Reisha Bedida. We also used her as the player in the Reisha of the Mishnah, the beginning of the Mishnah, which is Ha'isha Niknis. Fine. Asks the Gemara of Inisnia Ishkaino Makne. Okay, but wait a second. So if you want to utilize the man as the main player, you could still. You could just write the man acquires, and Makne means he transfers back her freedom. And then it could go both ways. He acquires her in three ways, and he transfers back her freedom through his death or get. So the Gemara gives two tarots, and why that's not an appropriate way to set it up. Because firstly, when he dies, that's one of the ways she goes free. He's not transferring her back her freedom from the marriage. It's from heaven that he, she's being freed. Meaning that's not him doing an action of freeing her. If he dies, she's freed from Shemayim. Alternatively, if we would have taught the word I would have thought, I feel about Karcha. Kona connotes a stronger language on the man's part. Maybe he can even marry her against her will. Tana Isha Niknis, therefore it says Isha Niknis. No, a woman is acquired. Marriage is only when she's willing, not if she's not willing. Rashi points at Tosus. Yeah, right. So Tosus points out over here because the word kiyikach, or Rashi, but the point is, the Rishonim point out kiyikach, even in the Torah, theoretically it's like a stronger language on the man's part. He takes her. There's a more of a direct language mm-hmm. versus kisi lokach, she is taken. So the Mishnah goes out of its way to write, no, haisha niknis is that it has to be that she's a willing participant, not against her will. Okay. Now, <clears throat> Gemara says, fine. So you've explained to me why the Lashon of Kenyan is appropriate in our Mishnah, Mekadish, and the next Mishnah, beautiful. Asks the Gemara, what about Shalosh? See, the words in, in, in counting in Hebrew, it's a little bit 
backwards from what you would assume. But in Hebrew, when you count numbers, in Lashon HaKodesh, I should say, Shalosh is actually the female language. Shlosha, with the hey at the end, is the male language. Generally, Mishnayis are written in the male format, not the female language. So the question now becomes, why is it in our Mishnah it uses Shalosh, the female, not Shlosha, the male? Asks the Gemara, Omayir Yedetani Shalosh, why is it that it teaches Shalosh in our Mishnah, the female language for number three? Lisni Shlosha, should have taught Shlosha. Okay, now just to appreciate this, so you have to go through the entirety of it. So let's just hold the questions and just go through this. So the Gemara is because, it, because the Mishnah used the word Derech. It says, V'shalosh Drachen. It says three ways. V'derech Lashon Nekeva. Derech is a word that is Lashon Nekeva. You know, in Lashon HaKodesh, there are certain words that, albeit the word itself isn't actually a male or female item, etc., but the word itself has the female tense or the, fe- or the masculine uh, w- w- wording. So Derech is a female word. So use Shalosh because that, what's the good word There's for no that? male term. What, so, so there isn't a male. At this point, we're assuming there's not. We're going to see it's not so simple. But the words shalosh and derech are connected, so therefore, if it used derech, we're going to use shalosh, which is female as well. How do we know derech is female? As the Pasuk in Yisra tells us, when Yisra tells Moshe about how he should pick judges to guide the people, it says, You will inform them of the way that they should travel on. And you see clearly it says, is female, and it uses the word derech. You see derech is female. Asks the Gemara of Elahad, it's, not, it's really the Tanan. But we learned in a Mishnah, Meseches Zavin, the Mishnah there talks about Ziva. Now the Halach is as follows. If a man experiences a seminal emission of Ziva, which is a unique seminal emission, so he'll become Tameh as a Zav under certain circumstances. However, if we could determine that it wasn't a natural uh, flow, but rather it was caused by seven outside forces, he ate too much, he drank too much, he saw something, etc., he won't be considered Tameh. Now, a woman who experiences a similar type flow, Ziva actually is during the times of the month that she wouldn't have her flow of Nida, of her regular menstrual period, she's going to be tummy regardless. There's no exemption of Ones. But the Mishnah there tells us, In seven ways we check the Zav to analyze if it was an Ones or not. Was it because of food, drink, etc.? And then he's not tummy. The point is, what does it say over there? Beshiva. Shiva is male, and that's in the context of Drachim. So you see, it's a male language in, from the Mishnah in Zavin. Misni Sheva. Should have taught Sheva. So the answer is no. Mishum de Kabayla Misni Derech. Again, now, again, this is a little confusing, but because it, it needed to teach Derech in that Mishnah. And we also find Derech is used in the masculine sense. The Chsiv, as it says in Kisavai, when it talks about the blessings we'll receive before the Tochacha, it says, In one way, your enemies will come in front of you to fight you. And then they'll flee from in front of you in seven different directions, meaning that you'll be successful in war. But you see the word Shiva is used in that context of Drachim. So you see Drachim is actually used in the male. So the Gemara says, if this is true, we have a contradiction in verses between the Pasuk of Yisro and that Pasuk in Kisavo. And there's also a contradiction between the Mishnayis, because the Mishnah here and the Mishnah in Zavin seem to use the word Drachim in the male and the female contexts. So the Gemara answers, Really, we're going to say it's like this. The word derech is one of those words, as Tysus explains over here, that can be used both masculine and feminine context. Not a problem. 
But the psukim are not problematic, meaning it because the word drachim and therefore the other languages of describing male or female in the verses will be utilized depending on the subject matter. It's not a contradiction in Pesukim because regarding the Pesuk in Yisro where he says you should teach them Torah the Torah itself is used in the feminine sense in the female sense as the Pesuk in Tehillim tells us the Torah of Hashem is complete wholesome Meshivas nafesh, it settles the soul. There's a beautiful marsha here. I love to quote. The marsha here learns that just as the, uh, a mother is the only thing that knows how to calm down her suckling babe, the child that she's nursing, also the Torah is the only thing that can really calm a person down in, in, this, in this crazy world. It's a beautiful thing. That's why the Torah is a female. It's a feminine context. But the point is, Torah is Hashem Tamim Meshivas Nafesh. So since Torah is a female thing, and that's what's being alluded, alluded to in V'hadata Lohemes HaDerech Yelchubah, Sarkasav Labalashin Nekeva. So we use Derech there in the female sense, and that's why it says over there the female word for numbers. Hasam, but in regards to the other Pasuk of the uh, Shiva Drachim, that they'll come fight, fight you in one way and then run away in seven. That's referring to war. Generally, it was the way of men to fight war, but not of women. That's why it uses Derek in the context of Nekev, of, of, of male there, of masculine there. Now, let's go to the Mishnayis. So, Masnis and Adadilokashin. Also, there's no contradiction in Mishnayis because Achad Legabe Ishakai, our Mishnah, since it's referring to the woman, it says Aisha Niknis Bishalish Drachim, Haisha. We're referring to the woman, which we spoke out above why that has to be. You can't say Ishkona, but the woman is the subject of our Mishnah. So, therefore, Katani Labalash Nekeva. We use Derech in the female, Yishalash, therefore. Hasan Delegabe Ishkai, regarding the Mishnah in uh, Zavin. In Zavin, that again, it's only the way of, of um, men to check and not women to check because the Ha'isha Nami Metama, because a woman is going to be considered Tmeya even if it was an Oynes. As we explained before, these seven ways will not negate the fact that she'll be Tmeya if she experienced Ziva flow. Therefore, the Mishnah in Zavin uses the male terminology of Derech and therefore Shiva as well, the male numbers that are connected to that. Beautiful. Let's move on to the final section now. So now the Gemara says, fine. So you've, ex- yeah. What's the difference between Nefesh and Neshama? The um, Svarim talk about, specifically like the Kabbalistic Svarim, that there's different parts of the soul. I think that Nefesh and Neshama are two of the parts, I think. And neither term is masculine or feminine. They're both female, actually. But we refer to a male Neshama. Right, well, think about it. Neshama. Right. Or Neshamos. You don't say Neshamim. They're, all, they're both female. So if you refer to, see, if a man, you refer to a male, it has a Neshama. Yeah. Even though that's yeah, yeah, no, in a Hanami. There are certain things that we use referring to men because the item itself, for whatever reason, you know, Hashem understood why, but in, in Lashon HaKodesh is meant to be part of the female. Like you said, Torah. Yeah, men, Torah. men learn Torah also, but the Torah itself is, is referenced as a very interesting thing, right? Okay, let's continue. Says the Gemara, my time, so let's focus in now. My time, Matani Shalosh, what's the reason we're saying we use the female number in our Mishnah, Shalosh, Mishum Drachim? Okay, because Drachim is a word that's female in our Mishnah because the subject of our Mishnah is a female. Says the Gemara, Nisni Devarim. You don't have to use the word Drachim in our Mishnah. Use the word Devarim. 
that there are in three things or with three things you can marry a woman. The point is that then what end up happening is it's the masculine. And once you use the masculine devarim, finis nishlosha, you can also use the masculine number three. So what's the reason we use drachim, skip drachim and use devarim, and then you could say shlosha, which is the masculine as well, as Mishnah is generally talking the masculine. Because bia was one of the three ways a woman's acquired in our Mishnah. And bia is referred to in the Psukim as Derech. The Chsiv, as it says in Mishlei, the way of a man with a young girl, so is the way of a woman who commits adultery. The point is, it uses the word Derech in relation to Bia, relations, and therefore it's the appropriate terminology to use in our Mishnah versus Dvarim. Asks the Gemara Tenach Bia, so that explains in relation to Bia in our Mishnah why Derech is appropriate. But Kesavishtar Michael Amemar, there's two other acquisitions in our Mishnah. For them, Dvarim would be more appropriate, keeping it masculine, which is Kesef and Shtar. Whereas Mishum Bia, now those ta- it teaches Drachim because of Bia, even though the appropriate way for Kesef and Shtar would be Dvarim. But you're going to teach it two of them because of one means you're going to negate what you would say otherwise, which is Dvarim for two because of Drachim for one for Bia. My answer is Hanachna Mitzarech Bia Nenu. No. The, in the end of the day, Kesef and Shtar, it's true those are other forms of acquisition, but they all lead to be at the end. That's the point. Marriage, you get married, and then there is going to be relations. So therefore, that is appropriate in our Mishnah to use the word drachim because it is important bia, and therefore drachim is used in the female. Mela, we use the word shalosh as the context of our Mishnah becomes female. Fine. Now, this is going to bring us to the next point, really. But or the Gemara says you can say a second answer. Why the word derech is used. Now, moving forward, we're going to see is the word derech is used when it connotes a natural process of something or a natural way of something versus devarim. That's not the right word to use. So says the Gemara. It's very interesting when you look at this Gemara we're about to learn in uh, light of today's society, how um, men and women get married or uh, approach getting married. Alternatively, that our Mishnah, when you use the word drachim, it's Rabbi Shimon. Titania, as the Brisa says, Rabbi Shimon Oimer. Why did the Torah say, Why does it say, when a man will take a woman? It could have said, could have said, when a woman is taken to a man. Now, it's a roundabout way of saying the same thing. That's the point. So why does it say, when a man takes a woman? It's the way of a man to go after a woman <clears throat> in terms of marriage. When a man and a woman are looking to getting married, the appropriate natural thing is that a man chases after the woman and not vice versa. As opposed to the opposite is not the appropriate natural thing. It's a parable to a person who loses an object. Well, who looks for whom? The one who lost the item looks for that item. So Rashi points out over here, this is akin to the idea, as we see Adam uh, Tzela, his uh, side or part of his body was taken, formed into Chava, so Chava became his lost item. So in the future, we look at it that way too. A man looks for his lost item in the context of marriage, that means his wife. So therefore, that's the approach. So the word derech is used in the context of marriage to connote there's a derech in this thing. There's a natural way, an appropriate way it should be done. So now the Gemara says, okay, fine. So you've shown me why it used the word derech there. But let's go through a few Mishnayis now and see why is the word derech used there as opposed to the word dvarim. 
but now the Mishnah in Zavin that said that you check a Zavin in seven ways to determine if there was an onus and he's not Tame, listening Devarim. Why don't you teach the word Devarim over there? So the Gemara says, and also there it teaches us that there's a natural order of things. It's teaching us that it is the way, the natural way. If you eat too much, it could bring Ziva, and that's an onus which you'll be Tahar for. Or it's the natural way. If you drink too much, it'll bring a person to Ziva, and that can cause a person to become tummy. So there is a natural way that's associated with Ziva as well, and therefore Darach is appropriate. But the Mishnah Bikurim also uses the word. And the Mishnah Bikurim discusses an esrog. Now, this should be explained this outside for a moment before we see this inside. We know when it comes to the halachas of trumas and maestros, there's a distinction between fruit trees and vegetables. Ilanos and yurakos. Ilanos, when it comes to trees, Bishas kitaso isuro. Excuse me. Bishas hachanata. At the time that the fruit tree blossoms, that's when you take off maestros. Now what that means is that we know that there's a seven-year cycle, the seventh year being Shemitah, and there's different maestros that are taken off the other six years. So when it comes to a fruit tree, whichever year it blossoms, which is the past year really, that's the year you'll take off the maestros associated with. When it comes to a vegetable, it's bishas lakitaso. At the time that you harvest, that's the year you're going to take off maestros from. So the Mishnah in Bikurim tells us as follows. Esrog is equivalent to a tree, a fruit tree, in three ways. Says Rashi, regarding Arla, the first three years you can't eat from the fruit. Regarding Ravai, regarding that the fourth year you're not allowed, you, you can't uh, eat the fruit, you have to bring it up to Yerushalayim and consume it there, similar to Maeser Sheni. And then the third is that we follow the Chanata, um, like an Elon, like a fruit tree, and not the... Uh, in regards to Shemitah. means regards to Shemitah, we're going to say if the Chanatha, the blossoming, occurs in the seventh year, so then we're going to say that it is Shemitah produce. But if it doesn't occur, the blossoming doesn't occur in the seventh year, the harvesting does, it's not considered Shemitah produce. So in those three ways, a fruit tree is like, an esrog tree is like a fruit tree. So the Gemara says, okay, so let's need Devarim. Why don't we teach over there the word Devarim instead of Drachim? So the Gemara says, because we have to teach in the Seifa, we have to teach in the Seifa that it's like a vegetable in one way. So since we have to teach Derech in the Seifa, and what is that one way, as Rashi explains, that in regards to Maestros, we follow the Lakita, the plant, the picking, not the blossoming like a fruit tree. So, so we taught in the Reisha also the word Derech. So the Gemara says, Seifa Nami Nisni Davar. Why don't we teach Davar in the Seifa as well? And then you could teach Devarim in the Reisha, Regarding the three ways, it's like a fruit tree. Turning to Gimelam and Aleph, so my answer is Hasamakamash Malan. The Chiddush over there, the reason it compares it in the word derech to a, it compares an esrog to a vegetable, is teaching us that its natural way is like a vegetable. I'm just explain this outside and we'll see it inside. So Rashi explains over here is that we know in reality, the, the, this is really Gemara Shoshana. The Gemara Shoshana tells us that the Psukim highlight Goran and Yekev really on a Dairaisa level, only only a uh, produce, at least according to Rashi, that are chayv and maestros, trumas and maestros, that are chayv is uh, goren and yekev, which are grains, grapes, and olives. That's how Rashi learns in Sechus um, Rosh Hashanah. So now that's what the Torah says there. Now the Torah says that those types of produce when are the maestros associated with? When they grow a third, which is the previous year, not when they're harvested. So the Gemara there deduces, based on an asmachta, that other types of produce that are similar to that will also follow the earlier year, not the later year that it's picked. Now that's fruit trees, because fruit trees will follow the blossoming, as those are also, in a way, they're similar to 
uh, Garn and Yekev. Versus vegetables, which are different than Garn and Yekev, and we'll explain why in a moment, those actually will not follow the prior year in terms of maestras. They'll follow the year that they're harvested. Now, why are they different? So the Gemara explains here, HaKamash Malan, Tedrochea de Esro Ki Yerek. Ma Yerek Darkuli Godel Al Kol Mayim, vegetables, they are watered with all waters. Now that means is that it's not sufficient just rainwater, but these vegetables also require manual irrigation as well. And therefore they're different than garden and yekev and fruit trees. And actually the maestros are taken off when you pick them. And esrog is the same, and that's why we use the word derech to imply in that way it is similar to vegetables. There's a natural order of things. Unlike fruit trees, which only require the natural irrigation, but not self irrigation. Estrog is like vegetables that it requires self-irrigation as well. And therefore at the time of the harvesting will be the maestros like other vegetables. So bottom line, we've just shown in these three Mishnayas at least, in our Mishnah, the Mishnah in Zavin, and also the Mishnah in Bikurim talking about the Estrog tree, that the word derech is appropriate at least in the second answer, because it's something that connotes that there's a natural way or a natural order of the item. Now we're actually stopping in the middle of this sugya. We're going to go on to a couple more Mishnayis challenging this point tomorrow. Israel will pick up tomorrow with Daf Gimel. We're stopping at the top of Gimel and Aleph. Everybody have a wonderful day.